I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need to. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. I don't want 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 to see that. My first college boyfriend took me to Korean barbecue. He was half Vietnamese, half American, or American, half white, Caucasian. His dad had been a soldier, and yeah. Mm, I know I like that. (laughs) He was very sweet and smart guy. Uh, I don't even know if I'm Facebook friends with him. Anyways, here we are. Welcome back to Countdown to the Comeback with... Countdown. Countdown to the Comeback. I'm Miss Jenny. I'm Miss Marcy. And we are happy to have you listening. Morning. So we're here Dan's at... Wood. You may not know this because it didn't record, but Marcy is caffeineless. Miss Marcy, lacking caffeine. I, am my, I spilled my coffee in the car. My latte with an ad shot. It was very I was sad. going to be very perky. Well, you're always perky. You're pretty perky. Oh, I'm a, okay. All right. I have sandpaper eyes. So I'm not going to put her on the spot. She was very upset because I put her on the spot as I do every week. Every I wept. episode. I wept. She cried. She wept. There's a pool at her feet. We had to mop it up. That was pee Oh, because she was very excited. I beat a little. Because I put her on the spot about what she thought of this episode, and we've concluded that we really liked the episode. We did! We really liked it. And this episode, the first episode of Room and Board has aired. We open on a testimonial of Valerie talking about how she doesn't look at reviews, yet she's got a stack of clippings and is quoting from the reviews and seems very focused (laughs) on one in particular. She, yeah, she has, she, it, it, after she said, I don't read any reviews, I don't, I don't read any reviews, Mickey brings in one she's carefully clipped. But uh, the one she's really obsessed about is the one that mentioned her and something she did. She had a really great tag, a really funny tag. Yeah, that she really shines in the Yeah, tag. so that's the only, that's the only one that matters to her. Right, because it's, it talks about her specifically and... And it becomes, that's the only one that is. Right. right? Really in her mind. We were... Talking about whether or not she had a lot to do in this episode or whether the tag is really her big moment as well. So we're not quite clear on that. We're hoping that she had more to do. We'd be sad if she didn't. We'd be sad if she didn't. She didn't mention it. She didn't. But I don't think she's had her own storyline or anything No, I don't think. You know, I think she has very few lines. I think she comes in the door, says something, and leaves. That's all Valerie Cherish does. Yeah, I think that's her purpose. I had a really low voice for a minute. You have a very low voice. Do you think that was the lack of caffeine? Maybe. Your voice isn't up yet. Only dances penis. Oh, that was very bad. (laughs) I don't want to hear that. After the confessional, we are at Valerie's house for a very intimate viewing party. It was a sad party. Do you think they invited other people? It was just her, Mark, her stepdaughter, and Juna. Mickey wasn't there. Mickey was there. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Mickey Mickey was was, there. It opened with him eating Chex Mix. You're absolutely right. He had like, it was this very, you know, there was the fancy... The basket from her agent and everything, but then they 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 zoomed in on like boxes of Chex Mix. 
Right. You're right. He has a very important... We have a very important moment with Mickey. Yes. In this sequence. So, right. Um, thank you, Miss Marcy. You're welcome, Miss Jenny. So, Mark is looking in the basket from the agent, and it's crunching, and that's annoying her because it's making noise. He can't do anything right. Poor Mark. No, he can't. And, and she just snaps at him, and he just... I don't know. He just takes it. He does. I wonder if he's going to snap at some point. He just lets it go. He's just... Going with the flow. He grounds her. The one person who is different in this scenario, because we've got Mickey, Mark, and Francesca, who's also watching, is Juna is there with her, which I thought was very sweet. I loved it, but I was, you know, why wasn't she with the other kid? I couldn't figure out. It was very, I think she really loves Valerie. I think she does too, or she's trying to bond with her. Maybe she reminds her of somebody Maybe her mother, (laughs) right? Juna is all curled up on a big chair and a half with Francesca, which Valerie is very concerned that Francesca is crowding Juna. I also wondered whether Valerie was a little jealous. I think she was. But those two were getting along like two bugs in a snug rug. Yeah, they were very snug. The episode everybody seems to be enjoying, and then we get to see this brilliant tag where Valerie shines, but... The credits start rolling in, and they keep making it smaller and smaller, and she starts freaking out, going, I hate when they do this. I hate when they do this. Well, I'm getting smaller. What's happening there? And then... And then the robot... Then the Pepsi 400, NASCAR, or whatever it is, robot comes on Oh, and she freaks out about that robot... How crazy it is that it's a robot when she used to always do the robot dance. The little parallels here and there. A little bit of an homage to her own little... Homage. It's no prescient. (laughs) (laughs) Homage is the new prescient. The the tag is pretty funny. It is her pulling a bunch of condoms out of the bag. And lube. And and then the bag starts moving. Obviously, there's a vibrator in there. And she's very concerned because she's afraid it's not clear that there's a vibrator in there. So she says, could you tell there was a vibrator in front of Francesca? In front of Francesca. Who's 12. Who's 12. But she seems to notice that maybe it's not a good thing for her to have been using the word vibrator in front of a 12-year-old child. Or at least maybe it's not good for her to do it in front of the cameras. Valerie seems to always say one thing and do another, <laughs> and things that are okay if the cameras aren't on in her life. Francesca doesn't look too traumatized by yeah, it. Yeah, Francesca looks like, yeah. I know something what a vibrator I know. is. Yeah, exactly. Which Jenny did when she was 12 and I didn't. Personal. Personal moments. Well. She grew up in Detroit, that's why. It's big vibrator town. But everybody had one by the age of eight. <laughs> we didn't have vibrators in Los Angeles. We called them novelty toys. <laughs> vibrators didn't come here till the 90s. Uh, right, because they, the, they were only in the valley. Yes, and I, I was in the 213 area code. There wasn't 310 when I was a child. After the screening of the episode, Valerie's concern, especially because the tag, the critics had noted that tag and... There they were. The network was cutting it off and pushing it out. Not to the extent that they do now, but back at that time, 10 years ago, it was a newer thing for them to be pushing the screen or the image into the corner as they're rolling the credits and promoing the next thing. So Mark is giving her support and some love. And that's again where we see where how much in love they are. And I'm getting, I'm starting to crush on Mark a little bit. He's very sweet. There's something sexy about him. 
you do start to see why he's attractive to her. Yeah. And he seems really confident in what he's doing and very supportive. And he likes to have sex. He likes to have sex. You know what, though? The only thing that stops me from having, like, a full-blown crush on him is in the last episode when he got on top of her. He kind of had a lady butt in his, in his boxer shorts. I think we're skipping ahead. <laughs> no, it's skipping back. Skipping back? Last yeah, in the last, last episode when she was wearing the nightgown. Oh, I wasn't looking at his ass. I um, was. <laughs> I'm always... Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts on Mark's ass. Please feel free to contact us. It's kind of lady buttish. Well, some women like a nice lady's butt, and we know that she she likes the ladies loving ladies' face. <laughs> she does. We learned that in the last episode. So while Mark is consoling her in the other room, Juna is having a little moment with Mickey. My favorite moment of the episode. And and it's an important ep- moment in the episode because we learn a little more about Mickey finally. Yeah, you had just been mentioning on one of the last or one of our last podcasts that we don't know enough about Mickey's home life, and and we we learn a little bit more. Not that much more, but a little bit more. A little bit more here. There you go. Thank you. Sure. Oh, Mickey, I almost forgot. Well, what is it, dear? I don't know if you're seeing anyone, but there's this guy in my building. He's like 55 and so nice, and his lover just died. Anyway, I think you guys would totally hit it off. So if you want his number or something, just let me know. Okay? (laughs) I'll see you soon. (laughs) He has no answer for her whatsoever. He seems shocked. Doesn't even respond to her. He looks stricken to me. He looks stricken. He's very confused. And we're not sure if he thinks he has everybody snowed and that he's playing it straight. Or whether he's a flamboyantly straight man. <laughs> a very flamboyantly straight man. We'll find out a little bit more as it goes on. So Juna wants some reassurance. She's feeling a little bit insecure about her performance. Valerie gives it to her and awaits her own. In a, quite a long pause. Very awkward. That was a long beat. Very long, awkward beat before Juna actually gives Valerie what she's asking for. Oh, you were great, too. And then, and then you know, in typical Valerie fashion, she doesn't acknowledge that long beat at all. I know. Oh, thank you. You know, like, I know I was the best kind of She knew moment. it was coming. Yeah. She, was, she had no doubt it was coming. She sets it up. They knock it down. It's the next morning. Valerie and the reality crew and Mickey are at Cafe Montana. I love Cafe Montana. We I love know, Cafe we Montana. On, in the episode that didn't In the episode record. that wasn't. And the hostess is not open to them bringing in the reality. Not at all. Does not want the crew in there while there is a breakfast crowd happening. And while Jane is doing that, Mickey pulls Valerie outside and says, can I talk to you? She said, did you tell June I was gay? I don't know why she would think that. He went on and on. And Valerie had this look on her face like, I don't even know how to respond to that. (laughs) It was Awesome. Yeah, she says, she does finally say, no, I didn't. But she does, she looks flabbergasted. Yes. She looks as as stricken by his question as he looked by Junus. Just, everybody's just very confused. One bit of confusion after the other. It's a ball of confusion. Did you just write that? <laughs> I believe the Temptations did in oh. 1969. <laughs> oh my god, I'm a little embarrassed now. 
You know what? You are as musically gifted to me in my mind as the Temptations. <laughs> my father would be so proud. We listen to Engelbert Humperdinck in my house. We love Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> I was like, did I how ever... can you just gloss over Engelbert Humperdinck? Did I ever tell you the story about the woman who used to dine at Stouffer's Restaurant in at Eastland, which was the big mall close to our home growing up, where my mother did dinner theater at Stouffer's? And every weekend, this woman would come in and order a dinner for two, set down her Engelbert Humperdinck album in the seat across from her. Oh, my. And proceed to have a dinner with Engelbert, thank the waiters afterwards and have them wrap up the meal and tell them that he wasn't very hungry that evening. Every week, she would come in with her Engelbert Humperdinck record and she was having this, yeah, this relationship with Engelbert. It's... (laughs) That's really sad, as I'm thinking I need to put my George Clooney doll in a closet where no one can see really quickly. I feel like somebody told me they saw her in the grocery store, too, with Engelbert in the little basket, like the little kid basket. Wow. Yeah. This is real. That's reality TV. I know. know. I want to see that. So that's what (laughs) I think of when I think of Engelbert Humperdinck. Engelbert had an amazing voice. Or he has. Is he still alive? I don't know. I'll look at Oh my God. Now. We don't While even we're know. Talking, we'll look that up. So we digress. That is a little bit of a story. It <laughs> is about quirky people. Back to quirky people. Mickey is very confused. And I don't think he's convinced that Valerie didn't say something because I think I on some level he thinks everybody's talking about him. Valerie, the look on her face is priceless because I would have had, in that moment, she was every man because what do you say to that? I told I have a friend who said that to me and I was like, What in my head? Because of course he was always a gay man to me. Of course. I have gay friends who weren't gay when I met them, but I suspected. We always know. You know. And when they came out to me the and hag I hag always knows. <laughs> a good hag always knows. A good hag has a sense of these things. <laughs> As we're doing this, I'm typing in, is Engelbert Humperdinck dead? Wow, that is a heavy question. He's never dead. Neither is rock and roll, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, Mickey actually says, if you didn't tell her, I don't know why she would assume I'm gay. (laughs) Yeah, why? Before there's much more of a conversation on that, they either are seated or we cut to them in a different restaurant. They are having their ritual of having breakfast and then calling in for the ratings. He's alive. He's alive! Engelbert is alive! Yay! Yay! So, now that we have that mystery solved, the next mystery was, what were room and board's opening numbers like? And before they call in, Mickey gets... He's going to splurge. And I'm going to splurge. Let's have a splurge. They, they, let's have a splurge becomes like a running thing. It's like a treat. It's like and a, she's, yeah. and he, yeah, he orders a just, cinnamon It looks so good, too. And she asks him if it's warm, and he says, no, it's cold. But he, he doesn't stop. He looks like he's enjoying the hell out of it. Oh, my God. Hot or and, cold. And, and is he splurging, or is he pushing down his feelings about the whole gay thing? I think a little bit of both. I think so, too. I think Mickey really needed that cinnamon roll. Oh fuck yeah! She no. The funniest part is she looked. She was judging him for that cinnamon roll in the beginning. She was really judging him. That's why when he was eating it, he suddenly actually looked good, but he also he also looked really guilty. 
but then they get the numbers and they're not great. On it, they had a nine. A nine to a 13. A nine and it built up to a 13. This opened to a 3.56 share. Now, I don't know much about ratings. Do you know much about ratings? I know a little about ratings. So it wasn't did, good. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I figured as much. I'm not, I think they lost their time slot big time. And I wonder if it's different now, if those yeah. numbers would be okay today because no. of how much cable distracts. No, I don't. I, I They're don't. bad under any circumstances. No, yeah, because I think I don't. I think that the, the ratings are just network, tele, network television and cable have different ratings. But now people don't expect the kind of ratings that... Well, also, there's DVRs, too, and, you know... I don't, I don't think ratings mean anything anymore, really. No, people binge-watch it on Netflix. Netflix and HBO Go and all of these other things, DVDs and on-demand, and you can go back. I remember when a show would be over and you'd think you're never going to see that again, or it'd be very rare, unless you were lucky enough to set up your VCR and VHS it. So anyways, when they realize that the numbers aren't good, Valerie is suddenly very interested in having a cinnamon roll herself. They are trying to look at the bright side, and she's like, okay, well, you start small, get big, and Mickey looks bummed. And he's really into that cinnamon roll. I'm also thinking that for Mickey, this is a this is a gig for Mickey in a way that it's not for her, too. If this show doesn't go... Right, who hires Mickey anymore? He's old school. He's old school. He's tied to her. She still has Mark to take care of her. Right. Who pays Mickey? Her or the show? Probably both. No, probably the show. It's got to be the show. The comeback. I think the comeback pays him, not not room and board. He's probably like a cast member for the comeback. Yeah. I've no idea what happens on those shows. Like Margaret Cho's show, I think. When she had a reality show, or the people around them, their assistants, anybody who's on camera usually gets some sort of compensation They've got to get when, paid. when they're like. What if the Duggars get? What the Duggars get paid? I have no idea how people get paid. I know, I I, and I Duggers. actually worked on a reality show or two, and I don't know how that all pans out. Right, I don't either. I don't. I'm sure they don't get paid a lot, though. How mm. can they get paid a lot? Let's let's find that out before we do our yeah. next episode. All right. Okay, so we've got bad numbers, and we cut to they're on set that same day, probably, and everybody looks bummed. Really bummed. And Valerie goes into her whole, like, team leader. Yes, I've been around forever. This uh, this is what they're going to say. They're going to say ratings don't matter. They're going to say all of these things, you know. She gives the 911. She does. I mean the four one one. That too. <laughs> I'm now always going to refer to the four one one as the nine one one. Why not? Because in my line of work, it's usually about the same thing. So yeah, she recognizes that the cast is down. They have the ratings blues, and she's trying to pep them up before the writers show up. And Polly G opens with, "We suck. You suck." He just starts telling everybody they suck, and everybody starts laughing and getting into it. Then he looks at, what's the cute one's name from Twilight? Oh, Chris Kellen Lutz. Yeah, who's playing Chris McNess. He looks at him and says, you suck balls. Then it all becomes about, you suck balls. And they have a little man tussle. They're sharing some psychic male love there. No, Kellen Lutz jumps up. That kid's character always says that. He's always jumping up and tussling with people. Have you noticed that? He's a 
He's a tussler. He's a tussler. He's Tussie the tussler. I wonder if Mickey Wait, would like him to tussle with him. I'm sure Mickey would. But Mickey, yeah. Then Tom comes in as the good guy and says, you know, the no- the network's okay with the numbers. So now Tom's trying to counterbalance Polly G's reaction by saying that, you know, it's okay. It's going to be okay. The network is comfortable. They were expecting it. Yeah. So let me see. Uh, Valerie is has a little exchange with Polly G about them not sucking balls and having having an issue, I think, with the sucking balls turn of phrase. Although I think she sucks Mark's balls. She probably does suck Mark's balls. But that's what makes a happy marriage. Personal. Personal moments. Am I sharing too much? No. (laughs) (laughs) She, again, makes a comment about the tag. Is she sure that the reason that they're in trouble was because of the robot at the end cutting off the tag? And then she tries to give the writers notes about oh, what's wrong. I, you know what? It was so painful. I was like, no. Sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm just going, no, no. Please stop the hate show, Valerie. Don't do it. It's like yelling at somebody in a horror movie not to go in there. Don't go. Don't say it. Don't give the writers notes. And Polly makes a comment about they'll take note of that when they're here until four in the morning rewriting. And she gives him the namaste bow, tries to give them all thanks, and it becomes apparent she doesn't know everybody's names. Yeah. Right. She only knows a handful of their names. Valerie is not reading the room. (laughs) It also looks like a revelation to her that they would be there until four in the morning writing. As much as she thinks she knows about the world of sitcoms, it also becomes apparent sometimes that she knows very little. Right. That's because for her, it's out of sight, out of mind. They just magically appear on... With new scripts. Right. They couldn't be there all night. The script elves. So it's 1 a.m. and she's in the kitchen with Mickey. Mickey's actually crashed out with a can of hairspray in his hand, but she is making cookies. Homemade cookies. From a tube. Yeah, as she bends, she goes, but special. Sure, I could buy them, but what's special about these is they're homemade. And you see her slicing them from a tube and then giving us directions on how to make them. That it's better if they're cut thicker. Yeah. (laughs) And I like to roll them into a ball. She's really slaving over those cookies. She's planning to surprise the writers by taking in a bunch of cookies. She's really trying to make up for her stepping on them. Yeah, but then there's that moment when she says, and you know, you scratch their back, they scratch yours. You know, she just when we think she's being sweet, we're once again reminded she doesn't do anything for just to be nice. Also, in this little bit, we are introduced to the night crew because she's decided to do this. I totally forgot about this, too. Because she decided to do this, the regular crew had to take a break, and they had to bring in a late-night crew, which includes a new sound guy, Sean, who has... Creepy. Creepy guy, and has some sort of gaping head wound. Yes, and scratches on his face. And we know how she feels, because remember... remember she didn't like the booger, the booger grip. Oh, we've got the booger grip. Her own bloody knee at, yeah, at lunch. Yeah, she is very, uh, she does not like uh, things that come out of people's bodies. Do many people. <laughs> I'm not I mean, a fan be, of uh, g- gaping fair. head wounds and, and, and booger grips either. To be fair, 
And Sean, the new sound guy, is very odd. He is commenting on her sweat because her mic is falling down. And he has no sense of her personal space. He's right up just in there. And she schools him on union rules about a woman. It's got to be a woman. It's got to be a woman. And he schools her that it's not a union project. The reality show is not... It's not union, so she's sort of SOL, but she enlists Jane, who tenderly helps her. Weirdly tenderly. There was yeah. a girls loving girls moment there. there was. Almost. <laughs> kind of a little kind of a little little love there going on. Yes. Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. Or maybe Jane's just too tired. It's too late for Jane to argue. Who's this? I'm Sean. Uh-huh. Hi, Sean. Sweat kills these things. Oh. You tend to sweat a lot. I don't think I do. No, I know. Not really. I think you probably sweat too much. I'm going to have to replace it. All right. <clears throat> oh, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I, that's... Actually, I think that's a that's a union thing. A rule. It has to be a woman. You know, because I'm a woman. This isn't a union crew. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that, it, that's right. Jane, could you change this out for me? I think we're, we're going to go in here. Thank you. The sound gets taken care of. Valerie expresses her concern to Jane about the fact that Sean seems very unprofessional. And, and that's when we learned about the crew shift. And she wants to know what the scratches are on his face. And so did I, by the way. Thank you, Valerie, because... Because yeah. inquiring minds... Right. They go to the studio. It's late at night. She arrives with Mickey and the comeback film crew carrying all the cookies that she's made from scratch from the tube. And you see the writer's room. All the lights are on. As she is approaching it, she is making sure that we understand that, you know, there's a thing called karma. If you show appreciation for them, <laughs> they'll show appreciation for you. Almost as if these words have just floated out of her mouth and we see straight into the writer's room and they are acting out something very disturbing. Somebody wearing a red shirt over his head as Valerie Cherish. Getting anally penetrated by... Polly G. Polly G. Which is psychologically a very interesting choice. I know. What's going to happen later? What's going to happen? Those two are just going to go at it. That's what I want to see. The sexual tension is... I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. So... I don't need to be penetrated anally. It just really throws Sometimes off... happens. Right. It happens. You can't help it. As the writers are making fun of her and simulating this sexual act and unaware of her outside, Tom notices that they're outside. Sean, the sound guy, also pipes in, is that supposed to be you? Look at them go. <laughs> I kind of like Sean, the sound guy. I kind of uh, wanted I, I, more yeah, of he him. Started, yeah, he started uh, growing on me. Tom sees them and freaks out. He's like, oh my god, they're here, they're here, they're here! And everyone is very confused because, you know, one in the morning, what the fuck are they doing at the studio? Not what they were expecting. And she comes in, she's she's determined, she doesn't care, even though she's sort of stood there and watched. She goes in anyways. She's brave as hell. She is. She's ballsy. She's ballsy. She's plucky. She's got some pluck. She does. 
some serious sass. She's and sassy. So she's on a mission, and she goes right into the writer's room. Gigi dives for the cookies, of course. Everybody looks sort of horrified, and she makes a big show of knowing all the writers' names. She does. Except one. There's one she doesn't know, and then she goes, I, I see, I know all of you. Then she leaves. It's very awkward. They don't ask her to stay. They don't really engage her. They sort of... Gigi helps herself to a cookie. Gigi, yeah. Gigi dives right in. I mean, she yeah. puts him down and Gigi's like, thank God. I'm sure Gigi is anxious and freaked out anyways about the whole thing. Watching them simulate this violent sex act. I'm just, I'm just adding the word violent, that it was very violent. Nobody wants to see Valerie Cherish brutalized. Nobody does. America loves Valerie Cherish. They don't want to see her brutalized. By Polly G. Oh. So as they're leaving, Jane asks if Valerie wants to talk about it. And Valerie's very, like, oh, it's just writers letting off steam. and That's what they do. That's what they do in television. Do you want to talk about what you just saw? Um, in the, the writer's room? The, yeah. Uh, Jane, that was nothing. Really was. Just, you know, writers blowing off steam. You know. So you don't take that personally? Oh, please. No. No, it's a comedy show. You know, that's, you know, part of the creative process. So, yeah. Okay. So you don't see that as a personal attack? <laughs> Jane, you really have to lighten up, okay? Attack of what? Attack of the giggles? <laughs> Got me. No. No, no, no. It's late. We should all go home, I think. Okay, everyone drive. Drive safe. Meanwhile, they're in the back, like, putting the shades down and closing everything up. And Mickey is really upset, actually. He's he's more upset at, at what was going on than Valerie was. His mouth was just hanging open. As they're walking off, Sean, the sound guy, is like, he's supposed to be fucking her, right? <laughs> I know. Sean is still curious about what's going on. He won't let it go. Oh. He's completely inappropriate in every situation. The next day on set, Juna talks to Valerie, asks her if she's okay. It's apparent that the cast all knows about what happened with the cookie incident. Juna says that Mickey told her everything. Juna's, Clearly they're besties now. Juna's very upset for Valerie. Thinks it's just inappropriate and wrong and is concerned. And Valerie covers, as she always does, Dignity. Always dignity. Always. Always dignity. Going back to singing in the rain. Always dignity. Val, you know, it's awful. They shouldn't do that to you. Well, okay. Here's the thing about writers. All right. All right. They have to simulate sex because they don't get any real sex. Jane. Jane. That's not true. That's not true. Writers get a lot of real sex. Okay. That's know? enough. I don't have to listen to this. I'm a Christian. Shh. Oh, God. Is that for yeah. real? I totally forgot that she's a Christian. I didn't even know. I didn't know. Shane gets very upset. She wanted to know what, what was going on, what happened. Yeah, which was curious, too, because Shane wanted to know what was going on. And then when they tell her, she gets very offended. She storms off saying yeah. she's a Christian. Yes. That, that all of a sudden. Out of the blue. She's totally offended. By... You know, my favorite part of that, though, was when Juna goes, you would think Juna would go, oh, my gosh, you know, or whatever. But she goes, oh, I forgot. The Juno had forgotten. I Yeah, it has never come up before. So new information about Shane. Even though this show, everything on room and board. Is so disgusting. Just, just one and double on And she's wearing, like, no clothes in every scene. But she's a Christian. Yeah. 
and we'll learn a little bit more about her attitude about that in a little bit. One thing I thought about this scene where Juna says that Mickey told her is that Mickey was passively, aggressively getting back at Valerie for what he thought she had done to him. Ooh, could be. I'm not sure. I think I think he is like all up in anybody that he may be able to hire him. Yeah. And wants to be besties with Juna. We've talked about how charming she is. Everybody would rather talk to her. Yeah, no, everybody loves Juna. But at the same time, when Juna says, Mickey told me, it just felt like, oh, is he getting back at Valerie for what he perceives Valerie told her? Valerie's in the car, and Mickey's fanning himself in the back seat because it's very hot. And very fancy lady fan. He is flamboyantly straight, right? Fanning himself. Didn't he say it's hot as balls? I didn't think so. He said, it's a scorcher. Oh, right. <laughs> I would have said it's hot as balls. That, that's too straight of a thing to say. Yeah, that's true. Polly G would have said it's hot as balls. Not that I'm comparing you to Polly G, but I'm just saying. I'm chubby, Str- isn't it? I'm, no, I'm saying. <laughs> I hate this. Valerie gets a call while they're in the car from the producer, Jason Silver, who has a problem. Hello? Please hold for Jason Silver. Oh, sure, yeah. Jason Silver, that's, you know, the big producer of the comeback. So, Jane's boss, big cheese. Valerie, Jason Silver. Hi, stranger. Val, I'm getting on a plane in a second, so we gotta make this quick. We have a problem with the black Jesus freak. You mean Shane? Yeah, she's lovely. Lovely girl. Um, we're rolling, right, Jane? I'll go again. We have a problem with the African-American Christian. Jane's in enough time for an edit. Yeah, we're good. Her lawyer faxed us a letter. Uh, okay, she's a Christian. There's too much talk about sex. She will not appear on the comeback anymore. Well, you know, she's a minor character, so we don't need her. Val, we don't know what we need. Plus, she's one of the hot kids on room and board. Now, how could we explain that she's not on the comeback? Right, yeah. Well, you know, we could maybe like those other reality shows, say she got fired or voted off or... Look, frankly, Val, the Christians, you know, that's like 40% of the viewing audience. Are they that much? Wow. God love them. Okay, I'm getting on a plane. You gotta fix this. All right, yeah, no, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. And didn't he tell Jane to, like, you know, make a note of that or something, too? Yes. <laughs> but she she listens when he says it. Oh, he she better. Yeah. That's her boss. That's Jane's boss. He revises his Black Jesus Freak comment to... The African-American Christian. She doesn't want to be a part of it. On the comeback, not room and board. On the comeback. Part of, part of the comeback. Right. Valerie assures Jason that she'll handle it. That she'll... And she does. She does. We cut to her in Shane's dressing room. And she's having a moment. She wants to protect Shane's privacy. At the same time, she wants to figure out what's going on with the show. Or what's going on with Shane. Shane tells her that she doesn't want to be associated with a show that doesn't promote Christian values. Well, she's, again, so funny, because when you think about room and board, and as she's sitting there in very little clothing. And she says that it's it's one thing for room and board because it's a character, but in, the, in reality... She's playing herself on the comeback. So she doesn't think it's right to promote these unchristian values. Yeah, but, you know, I think... You might have the wrong impression of me. I am a very spiritual being. Are you a Christian? 
Well, no, I, I respect all religions, you know, as being um, important and valid, holy, you know. And uh, as a celebrity, I don't think it's right to endorse any specific religion. You know, that's a very private thing, and each individual. Well, I'm a to... Christian, and I don't think Jesus would approve of reality shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think he might. I think he might, because, you know, in the, first of all, he allows them to happen, you know. And uh, in the, you know, second of all, he's put this one in your path, didn't he? I mean, you know, maybe you could use my reality show to show the reality of Christian life. Well, let me close my eyes and pray on it. Okay, I see. Yeah, I see what you mean. Oh, are you back in? Yeah, I'm in. Oh, good. Oh, oh, good. Oh, I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased that you're going to partake of my show. I really am. That's good. Um, can we shoot your side of the conversation now so we can edit it all together? Oh, sure. Okay, sure. you remember what you said? Yeah, I'm just going to put a little powder. Powder, yeah. yeah. Sure. All right. We don't know what Valerie's beliefs are. But she tells her she's spiritual. I'm a very spiritual person. And that she respects all religion. She's she's just spouting such ridiculousness, but then Shane goes, okay, you made, you made a point, I understand. <laughs> well, Valerie, things on her feet, she does a good job I know. Of, of improvising here and saying, hey, maybe Jesus has put the show in your path for a reason so that you can be promoting these good Christian values. And you all, you know, you almost heard like angels singing. <laughs> And Shane says that she wants to pray on it for a minute. And she does. For about five seconds. And then says, okay. And sort of right on board. And is open to acting out the entire conversation that they just had with a camera on her so that the comeback crew can yes. see her. Right. So she is now on board so that she can promote her Christian values. Shane wants to make sure that she has powder as well before the camera gets on her. So we've got the vanity. Those good Christian values. Not that we are promoting one religion or another here. Shalom. Shalom. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Ow! High five. <laughs> that was a really slappy high five. That Jenny was... is a, like an intense high fiver. I don't high five a lot. When you do, though, you I, high five with gusto. I go for it. You I do. do. You went there. I really did. Yeah. I totally did. I'm a little, it's a little stingy, a little red and stingy. Oh, baby. Oh, well, let me give you an ice pack. I'm okay. All right. Some frozen peas, maybe. After the show, Tom comes by and is heaping praise on Valerie after they've just... Clearly kissing her tuchus, if you will. Not that we're... Promoting a religion, but I'm going to put a little Yiddish in right here. Well, Yiddish is but, a cultural thing. And it's, it's the, the it's the language of showbiz. <laughs> it is the language of showbiz. It's, it's the language that built showbiz. Yes. So Tom comes, he's coming in, he's praising Valerie, is working the tag. He's laughing a little too hard at her jokes. You can tell that he is afraid of something here. Listen, I, I just wanted to apologize to you about the other night. Oh. Sometimes in the writer's room, things kind of get a little bit out of control. Yeah. No, I, no apology necessary. You know, I'm yeah. not one of those actors who has no sense of humor, you know, runs off to call a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you know, you, I mean, we were just blowing off some steam. Blowing off steam. That's what I've been telling anyone who will listen. Yeah, you know, mm. sure. Yeah, but it, it was just stupid. And it was, it was just really immature. No, it's really okay. And so, I, yeah. It's really okay, you know, I get it. You know, when I was on I Met, I didn't care what the writers did at night, you know, as mm -hmm. long as there was a great script waiting for me in the morning, you know. That's all that matters. Right. Okay. All right, so I'll, I'll see you. Uh, well, thanks for okay. chasing me down. Yeah. For, yeah. He's very insecure. There's a lot of anxiety. She suddenly has more power than she's even acknowledging. She's still blowing it off and saying, oh, it's okay, and I get it. She really wants to be cool, and she's not one of those actors who runs off to call a lawyer, which I think she's just sort of saying to be part of the cool kids and being like, it's okay, but I think that is also a red flag. Like, oh, shit, she's going to go off and call a lawyer. Right. Like, it scares him. She says that it's just a great script is all that mattered. She's pleased that Tom apologized, and she does look like she won. She killed them with kindness, and... Now she's getting it back, or she thinks. And so on the tail of that, we are in the last scene at the table read for the next episode, and they're handing out the scripts as the credits are rolling on the bottom. <laughs> Valerie Cherish is very excited. As and she's being made smaller and smaller <laughs> in the credits. Uh, she's very excited because, and she wants a close-up because they get the script and the title on it is... Aunt Sassy gets a boyfriend. Her plan has worked. When you're nice to people, people do nice things. You get rewarded. Juna's very excited for her. I think that's very sweet. I know. Juna's always sweet. And Valerie's genuinely excited. She's got a script. A oh, whole episode. I, I was excited for her. She thanks the writers, reciting all their names, which she does know. And then she makes a big show of wanting to thank the PAs. And she doesn't know their, their names. She knows some of them tries to pretend. There's a moment here where Polly G makes some sort of a gesture and I think it's like he's poking himself in the eye with a pencil. Yes. I thought Engelbert Humperdinck could sing us out. That's a really weird song that I found though. There I'm goes sorry. my everything. <laughs> okay, I'm stopping. I can't stop it. Oh my god. We help. can't stop Engelbert. You can't stop Engelbert. But we're about to stop this episode. So this is the last thing. Polly making gestures, uh, waving at the camera with his middle finger. There is a reference to one of the characters in this new episode with Aunt Sassy's boyfriend. Is the love interest will be named Big Dick Perkins. <laughs> then Shane gets up and leads them in a prayer before the table read as well. That's when Polly's sticking the pencil. Oh, is that? Yeah. He was like, oh, is this what's going to happen now? Well, at least Shane's on board. Shane is going to be a character in the comeback reality show, right? Yeah. She's like, and she's, she's decided to make herself show all of her religious side in the comeback. Yeah. And that could get fun. This episode was written by Michael Shore and again directed by Greg Matola. I thought it was a good episode. I really liked it. I did too. There were some painful moments, but Oof. but at the same time, Valerie, I love the whole Mickey. I love that we got to know Mickey more. But did we? You know. But did we? Is he or isn't he? And I loved Sean, the new sound guy. You know what else I love? Or the late night. It's Engelbert. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's always Engelbert. So and the Humperdink. <laughs> <laughs> he puts the hump in the Humperdink. He does. Do you think Tony Danza's penis is jealous? Oh no, there's only one Tony Danza's penis. <laughs> there is only one. There's only one. The next episode is episode seven. Valerie gets a very special episode. It's really a continuation. It's, it could be two parters. We hope you'll tune in for that one. Thanks for listening. I'm Miss Jenny. I'm Miss Marcy. And we're counting down to the comeback. Yay! Yay! Yeah.